Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Thaddeus Romanski, your general manager at Red Sea Catholic Radio. We had some technical difficulties with the recording of the first part of the live show on Wednesday this week. Pam Marvin was the host. She interviewed Dr. Micah Green in the Department of Chemical Engineering at Texas A&M and Dr. Roger Martinez in the Mays Business School at Texas A&M about the Veritas Forum and Christian Faith in the Workplace Week. Dr. Green is the president of the Christian Faculty Network at Texas A&M, and Dr. Martinez is the president of the Catholic Faculty and Staff Network at Texas A&M. And in the second part of the program, you're going to be hearing from them discussing what the Veritas Forum is, when it is, the events that are going to be taking place at Texas A&M, the first week of February, and why they're putting it on. But in this first part of the show, I'm going to recreate for you a little bit of what we went over in the first part of the show and give you some events that are going on in the community this week uh, before we get to our main event in the second part of the show. But as I was saying, uh, our main guests are going to be talking about the Veritas Forum on Texas A&M campus the first week of February 2018, coming up next week. And that's going to be highlighted by a presentation by Dr. Jay Budziszewski of the University of Texas at Austin. He's a political science and a philosopher of ethics in the School of Government. He's going to be giving a presentation on what can we really know about right and wrong. And that is on Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. It's going to be open to the public and you are welcome to attend. We highly encourage you to attend and you'll be getting more details about that in the second part of the show. Now, it's also Catholic Schools Week this week. In fact, the day that this program was recorded, Wednesday, January 31st, was the feast day of St. John Bosco, a giant, you might say, in the history of Catholic education. He opened numerous schools in Italy for orphaned, wayward boys, um, impoverished boys, um, and gave them a first-class education and also raised them in the faith. In fact, his methods were so effective that he produced a saint, St. Dominic Savio, uh, a wonderful saint for you to introduce your children to if you have little children. Um, If you're a new parent, a grandparent, teach your kids about St. Dominic Savio and how, how neat it is that one saint and his efforts helped grow um, another saint. And and St. Dominic Savio, if my memory serves, um, he died at a very young age um, from uh, an epidemic that swept through his city. Uh, and he was, he contracted that, that epidemic uh, in service to the boys in his school, taking care of the, the sick, the sick boys in his school and the sick in his city. St. John Bosco, pray for us. And we ask you to pray for our local Catholic high school and grade school, St. Joseph Catholic School. They have been 
doing a number of things to celebrate National Catholic Schools Week. They had a, an open house on the 30th. We understand that that went quite well. They had a lot of interest generated. On Thursday, tomorrow, when this is being recorded, St. Joseph alumnus Brian Phillips and the Sisters of the Interior Life, who are based at St. Mary's Catholic Center, where our studios are located, we're gonna, are going to come over to the St. Joseph campus, along with Sister Penny Dunn, and they're going to be telling the students about their vocation journeys and giving the students practical ways to find out, what is God calling me to? Is he calling me to the married life? Most For most, that will be the answer. But is he calling me to a religious vocation, drawn to a life of service as a member of the clergy or a member of a religious order. Most of all, we want to encourage you to attend, if you have room in your schedule, the St. Joseph School Spring Bling 2018. You can get tickets online today at stjosephschoolbcs.org. Go on there, register, buy your tickets. You're going to be hearing this on Saturday, February 3rd. It's, it's going to be later today when you're hearing this recording. It's at the Brazos County Expo Complex. The doors open at 6 p.m. There's going to be a social hour, a steak dinner, auction boards. We're going to have a bucket raffle, heads or tails game, and top everything off dancing to the music of the Texas Unlimited Band. And for more information, let's hear from some St. Joseph students. Spring Bling is February 3rd. The location is the Brazos County Expo Complex. The doors open at 6 p.m. and close at 11 p.m. Dinner starts at 7 p.m. There will be auction items that you can bid on throughout the evening. There will also be dancing to the music of Texas Unlimited Band and much more. We need you to help us, the students, get your tickets online at the St. Joseph website, which is stjosephschoolbcs.org. Okay, so that was pretty fun. A little message from our local St. Joseph School students. They need your help. So come on out and join them at Spring Bling 2018. That's again today, the day you're hearing this recording. Doors open at 6 p.m. Get your tickets at stjosephschoolbcs.org. Okay, for our KYAR listeners up in Waco, we also want to make sure that you know your second annual benefit dinner is on the horizon. That's right. It's Thursday, April 19th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. in the Parish Activity Center at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. We're going to be focusing on the beauty, the mystery, the importance of the Eucharist to our lives as Christians. Eucharist means thanksgiving. We're giving thanks for this source and summit of our Christian faith. April 19th, Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco, as I said, and it's going to be headlined. Our keynote speaker is the never equaled, but often imitated Patrick Madrid. Hi, this is Patrick Madrid, host of the Patrick Madrid Show, heard right here on Red Sea Catholic Radio. Here's some great news. I'm coming to Central Texas. Come meet me at the second annual Red Sea Catholic Radio Central Texas Benefit Dinner. Join me for some great home cooking and great beverages. The date of the event is Thursday, April 19th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. in the Parish Activity Center at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. I'll be presenting my talk, A Course in Eucharistic Miracles, where I'll take you on a guided tour of numerous astounding Eucharistic miracles from around the world. 
So bring a notepad and bring a generous heart to support Red Sea Catholic Radio. Visit redsearadio.org and click on my picture to sponsor a table or buy individual tickets. You can also call Stephanie at 254-313-7282. Be sure to hurry as seating is limited. This is the second annual benefit dinner for Red Sea Catholic Radio in Central Texas, and I look forward to seeing you there. All right. Thanks very much, Patrick. Good to hear from you. He's not in the studio, folks. That was pre-recorded. But um, no, we really do want you to come out, support the radio station in, in Waco. First benefit dinner last year it helped get us off the ground, but this one is going to help doing the great work um, we've already seen in the last year for, for all of you. And will help spread the word. It will help people become more enthusiastic supporters of the radio station. And we really hope that it will encourage people, a lot, of, a lot more people, um, to to join on and become members of the Immaculata Recurring Gift Society there in Waco. That's our special society for our monthly donors. We have some nice thank yous and premium little gifts that we make available for our monthly subscribers, our monthly donors. First among those, we make available to our we make available to our Immaculata members extra content with the guests that we bring on to Red Sea Roundup to the Mystery of Parenthood. We've had some. Really terrific guests so far who have gone deeper into the conversations that they've had on the air, ex- uh, extended the conversation um, about them. We've had Father Robert Sirico, we've had Tom Hoops, Steve Weidenkopf, uh, the focus missionaries from uh, that work at St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station. Some great conversations uh, about matters of faith. <laughs> and I remember, I think one of my favorite extra, extra content um, pieces was with Suzanne Sammons, who came, we came on to talk about the Jesse tree during Advent. Uh, we got into conversation about ethnic traditions and Christmas, and it was, it was a, a, a rollicking fun session. And that's, that's what, what's really neat about those extra segments is that uh, you get, a, you get a little bit more of a window onto the, the guest's personality and their kind of their character. Um, and that can be really neat too. Really a lot of, a lot of fun. So please become a recurring member of our Immaculata Society. Uh, give monthly. Those give us such comfort to know we have that, those funds coming in every month that we can count on. And we so, so appreciate it. So we hope that this benefit dinner in Waco will really convince a lot of people to step forward in faith and in confidence in what we do and become members of the Immaculata Recurring Gift Society. So again, that is the second annual Waco Benefit Dinner. Eucharist is Thanksgiving, delicious meal, refreshing drinks, and a great presentation from the one, the only, Patrick Madrid, April 19th, Thursday, April 19th, at Sacred Heart Catholic Church there in Waco. I also wanted to let our listeners know that if you weren't able to make it to our second annual Red Sea Catholic Radio Family Retreat, which was the first weekend in January, two of the talks from that event are now available on our website. We recorded the keynote address from Julie and Greg Alexander, and we also captured the breakout session talk from Adam Earhart. He's a campus minister here at St. Mary's in College Station along with his wife, Lene, and they had a quite a novel talk. They, they spoke on parenting as children of God. So parenting our children in light of the fact that we ourselves are God's children. And what does that mean? And how does that transform our perspective? They spoke a lot about being receptive of the spirit, cultivating a, a sense of receptivity, and also trust, putting trust in God and our children's futures and in their development. And how doing those two things can take away a lot of the anxiety, the fear, 
the worry that we might have as parents and, and help us actually parent our children better and, and maneuver them closer to God and, and make their hearts more receptive to God's grace and God's presence. So we encourage you to go on to the Red Sea Radio web, the Red Sea, whoa, I'm really having some problems here, the Red Sea Radio website and give those talks a listen and share them around. Okay. And you can always um, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know that you're listening. Tell us thanks and send us some encouraging words. We, we love to hear from our listeners on Facebook, on Twitter, and those words of encouragement, just that you're listening. A lot of, a lot of times people will, will text in and, and, or put a comment on Facebook that they're, that they're listening and that they caught a, a program and that makes us feel great. So please uh, never hesitate to do that. And also don't hesitate to download our Red Sea Catholic Radio app, which is found in the Apple App Store or on Google Play for Android, Android users. There is a version for KDC listeners that has local spots uh, that keep you abreast of what's going on in the Bryan College Station area. And there's one specifically curated for our Waco listeners so that you can catch the announcements for life in Central Texas. So please get that. You can listen anytime, anywhere. It gives you crystal clear audio no matter where you are, although there's nothing like the convenience of just flipping on your car radio um, or a radio at home that's that's always tuned to 88.5 or 98.3. Um, I'm sure that that's the case for all of you, or at least that it's in the it's in the memory, and you can go right there. There's still nothing like that convenience, uh, but when when you don't have that available, the app is great. And there's a lot of other features on the app that are useful too. You can easily get to the podcasted archive shows that we produce locally: Red Sea Roundup, Mystery of Parenthood, Everyday Catholics with Father Ryan and Alyssa Trutter, Forte Catholic with Tr- Taylor Schroll. You can get to those really easily through the app, and so that's a nice bonus as well. So please check out our Red Sea Radio app, get that on your phone and and use it. And you can like us on Facebook that way, message us on Facebook that way. You can put in requests for prayers. You can put in requests for events that maybe you're helping sponsor and we can get a PSA up for you or heck, even invite you on to Red Sea Roundup to talk about what you're doing. And that brings us back to what we're doing today in the second part of the show is talk about the Veritas Forum and Christian Faith in the Workplace Week at Texas A&M with Dr. Micah Green and Dr. Roger Martinez, they're bringing in a very renowned speaker, a great contemporary thinker, Dr. Jay Budzieszewski from the University of Texas at Austin. And I want to give you just a little taste of what is going to be heard at the Veritas Forum on Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. on Texas A&M campus, just to give you a a sense of what he's going to be talking about. uh, And then you'll get more details about all the event when we come back from the break. But let's hear a little snippet of Dr. Budzieszewski in action. Well, one student said to me the other day, that's kind of like Mowgli, right? <laughs> in uh, in, uh, in the, uh, the story, he thought it referred to something like the law of the jungle or the survival of the fittest or maybe something like gravity. Okay, yeah, natural law. I believe in natural law. There's gravity and there's, there's the Newton's three laws of motion and things like this. Um, or maybe if they've taken a few college courses and have learned something about the history of political thought or ethical thought, they may think that it has something to do with the social contract. All too often, natural law is treated as a rarefied study of academic philosophers like me, remote from the concerns of ordinary folk, rather quaint, and maybe kind of ridiculous. 
The irony of that attitude really cuts like the edge of a knife, since from its very beginnings, the aspiration of the natural law tradition was not to concoct a rarefied academic theory, unconnected with the moral common sense of the plain person, but it was to set in order the moral common sense of the plain person, to help him to understand some of the things that he dimly grasped already, and to purify that common sense and elevate it. These moral basics, these principles of conscience, that universal moral common sense written on the heart, which can be distorted and denied, but never truly erased. And to this day, that's the tradition's deepest goal, is to do that. Okay, so that was a little bit from Dr. Budzhashevsky from a address he gave at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, speaking on what the natural law is and how it's connected to our everyday lives. And so with that in mind, we again encourage you to come out and hear him on Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. at Rudder Theater on Texas A&M campus. And we'll be back with more talking with Drs. Green and Martinez about the Veritas Forum and Christian Faith in the Workplace Week. on KEDC and KYAR and KYAF out of Palestine. Welcome back. My name is Pam Marvin, and today we are visiting with Dr. Roger Martinez and Dr. Micah Green on Faith in the Workplace here at Texas A&M University. If you're just now joining us, next week is a very special week. Um, Dr. Green, will you tell us a little bit more about that one more time? Sure. Next week is... Uh, Faith in the Workplace Week, and kind of the culmination of that week is uh, Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. We'll have the annual Veritas Forum. I'll tell you a little bit about the whole idea of a Veritas Forum. Uh, This started back at Harvard in the 1990s, I believe, the early 1990s. That's where the name comes from. Veritas means truth, and that's Harvard's motto. And effectively what it is, a Veritas Forum is a time when you you have a, a panel, a speaker, a debate, something on the big worldview level kind of topics, the things that really matter that no one usually talks about. Most of the time we talk about sports because sports is sports are interesting, but not really important. And so therefore we like it. But it's, it's rare these days to actually have conversations with faculty and students about things that are eternal. What's our purpose? How do we know what's right and wrong? Where do we go after we die? Where did the universe come from? Those are like big level questions that usually people yeah. avoid. But the Veritas Forum is intended to, to, have, to be a place where those kind of big topics are discussed in a fairly academic, intellectual kind of way. And the idea is that this is a place where Christians and non-Christians can come together, talk, listen, and then it'll prompt lots of those good eternal conversations that can happen after the fact. So that's been going on for a while now. That's really cool. So the topic, you're going to have to say Dr. Bud's 
name for me correctly. Sure. Bujashevsky. Bujashevsky. Yeah. The topic is what do we really know about right and wrong? Right. And you, you got the inflection correct. What do we really know? Uh, Dr. Bujashevsky is a professor of government and philosophy at a certain university in Austin that I think we're not allowed to talk about. Um, <laughs> but he is our speaker this year, and and uh, he is um, a Thomist. He's a he's a Catholic natural law philosopher. I actually got to meet him in person at Harvard uh, back in like 2003. Really? And he, yeah, and he is he is world known for for this exact topic. So what he's going to get into is this question of right and wrong. What is it? What do we really know? What is it really? I can already tell you around the university, there's kind of two general schools of thought. One school of thought is that right and wrong really do exist. They are properties in the universe. And if you don't like it, you don't want it, it doesn't matter. They are, they are, those, those duties and obligations are real and we really should live that way. The other school of thought says that right and wrong are mere human obligations. There is no such thing as should. There is no such thing as ought. Is that the relativism? Yeah. Relativism would say like make up whatever you want because it's all a human convention. One of the things that Dr. Budzhevsky will talk about is the fact that in their heart, nobody really believes that. Mm. Right? When, when someone wrongs you, you don't say, hey, you, you violated an arbitrary human you know, useful norm. You say that was wrong. What you just did was wrong to me. And so no one really lives out that second philosophy, even though it's widespread in the university. And part of the reason is if you really believe that, that right and wrong are, are um, actual properties in the universe, that moral norms do exist, it starts prompting you to, to ask some very big philosophical and possibly theological questions like mm-hmm. where do those things come from? Who decides what's right and wrong? And even though people may disagree about those things, in their hearts, humans can't help but be moral. They can't help but think in terms of ought and should. And so even if uh, a professor says, oh, right and wrong are just human conventions, even if they say that, <laughs> in their heart, they believe in the concept of should. Mm. And, and that has real implications for how we live our life and what we believe uh, about life's purpose and where we came from. That's beautiful. I, I want to give a little bit more background on um, Dr. Budzhevsky. Yep. I can't say. Dr. Budzhevsky. Yes. Yeah. Um, he, very interesting, he is a professor of government and philosophy where he has taught since 1981. He specializes in ethics, um, political philosophy, and the interaction of these two fields with religion and theology. That's fascinating to me. Now, he's also written widely in both scholarly and popular venues about a variety of moral and political issues, including abortion, marriage, sexuality, and capital punishment, and the role of judges in the constitutional republic, which that, you know, my background's in political science, so I would love that stuff. His principal area of publication is the theory of natural law. Oh, wow, that's awesome. He's been a leading advocate for natural law theory over the past 20 years. So let's talk a little bit about natural law. Yep. So uh, for the general public, the book from Dr. Bujasevsky that is the easiest to read and the easiest to understand is a book. uh, The title is called What We Can't Not Know. You're like, Mm. what we, it seems like a double negative, right? But it it is. It's what we can't not know, meaning we all know it. We We have this immediate moral intuition about what's right and wrong. And uh, that is kind of the foundation for natural law. It's the idea that um, humanity, 
even despite all the different backgrounds we have, even whatever we may disagree about, um, we all have certain moral intuitions that lead us to believe that there is such a thing as right and wrong, and we can agree on a lot of the principles. So concepts concepts like human life is sacred, mm-hmm. that would be kind of a, a, ground, a, a ground principle of something you could get from natural law. The reason it intersects with government is most of the founders of the United States certainly believed in the concept of natural law, and they would connect a lot of the concepts of, in the Bill of Rights with natural law. It's not that they said, well, we only believe this because you know, this religious figure says it or because we read, it, read in the Bible, they would say uh, these truths are self-evident. Mm. So when you, when you hear that kind of language, these truths are self-evident, uh, that all men have inalienable rights, that's natural law talk. Excellent. I mean, another way to say that is these are things that are actually written on the human heart. It's part of kind of our DNA and the way we're made in the image and likeness of our creator, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that event is, again, it's a free event. And it, where is it going to be? It is. That's right. It's uh, at Rudder Theater, uh, which is in the, in the Rudder Complex near the uh, uh, Memorial Student Center. And that's on Thursday, February 8th at 7, 7 p.m. at Rudder. So, so come and I would just encourage your listeners. Um, a lot of listeners probably have uh, non-believing friends and they think, well, it'd be awkward to ask my non-believing friend to come to some church event, right? It feels, it feels like I couldn't get them in the door. This if you, is a philosophical yeah. event, right. Right. though. It, I yeah, like this, that. This is much more academic and it's, inten- it's, it's intended to be the kind of event where you say, oh, I can invite my friend to go to, go to this mm-hmm. event and get those conversations started. Um, it's not intended to be... Uh, something that's primarily just for Christians. Right. It sounds like to me that it'll be, you know, just kind of posing a lot of questions and really meaty stuff for thought to, because, you know, I really like to, to engage one of my favorite things that I love to talk about on the radio, which I encourage every person across humanity is to be intellectually honest. Of course, in my little two cents, if you're intellectually honest, it will will um, lead you right to Christ, right? That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. These examples we were just talking about, about, about people who, who believe that um, ethical norms aren't real and that they're just human conventions. Like I said, in the way they live their life, they eventually end up uh, 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 contradicting that in the way that they, they actually act. It's not, they can't, they can't live it out consistent, consistently. And that's where the intellectual honesty that mm-hmm. you're talking about would come into play. I, I like to I like to throw that word around a lot because I, I really feel like, you know, Roger and I talked a little bit before the show, too, that in the atmosphere today, I was just having a conversation with this, too. Even when we're talking about simple things as in the state of our, our culture, the state of our uh, government and all of those things that, that people are losing their way on how to speak up openly and honestly without being um, aggravated and irritated or angry. And um, I would love to see more of us, especially believers that are saying, you know, I value and respect you and your humanity and your human dignity so much more. Um, so I can sit down and have a rational conversation with you because I love you because you were made in the image and likeness of Christ, regardless of, what your beliefs are. And I'm really praying that believers will be more along those lines to be able to sit down with love. I can love people deeply that have completely opposing views to mine. I don't understand it and I don't get it, but that's not up for me. To, to My job is to love them where they are. Right. Uh, one, one, one problem we've seen on the college campuses is, is uh, so many college students haven't seen that modeled well. Mm-hmm. So they think to, that, to, not- that to disagree with someone on a 
big question, like what's the purpose of life? What's right and wrong? That to disagree with them is somehow disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But like you just said, it really is possible for believers to speak the truth in love, disagree with someone and say, here's what I think, but do it in a way that shows the other person that you love and respect them. Right. Now, I challenge everybody today, all of our listeners, wherever you are, uh, to think about what that looks like. Imagine a conversation in your head, maybe with a coworker. Uh, it comes up with me. I, I, I love my job and where I work. and I, so, But I get to, to work with people that um, have very little knowledge of faith, or maybe they do, and we have differences of opinion even, even then. Um, but because they know how much I love them, they are never offended when I talk about my own faith and why I believe the way I do, which I think, you know, it's about relationship much with our Savior. It's about relationship with the people in your life, whether they're believers or not. It's just loving them because of their human dignity, which coming back to um, Dr. Budzitsky, he also talks about what happens when human beings tell themselves that they don't know what they really do. And among his research interests are also virtue ethics and the problem of tolerance. Right. That so, is very fascinating. So I can speak to a couple of those. Uh, virtue ethics is the concept that, that what, what is ethical uh, that, that, that corresponds to what a virtuous person do. It coheres with virtue. That, that is in contrast to something like consequentialism. Consequentialism would be, well, if you do the right thing, but then someone suffers as a result, then it's, then it's wrong. Virtue ethics says it doesn't matter what the consequences are. The, the ends do not justify the means. Mm-hmm. You do what's right, even if you suffer for it, mm-hmm. even, if you, even if it causes these problems. You, you sh- and one of the advantages of that is it keeps people from talking themselves into, into unethical actions. There's lots and lots of times when we think, uh, maybe I'll cut this corner. Maybe I'll do this unethical thing, but it's for a good cause consequentialism would say, sure, go for it. Mm. Virtue ethics says, no, absolutely not. You don't do something that uh, a virtuous person would not do. And so virtue ethics coheres very nicely with Christianity. Wow. I had never heard it, though. Had you heard heard virtue ethics before, Thaddeus? He's like, yes, more so, because he's a smart dude. Well, what do mm-hmm. you know about virtue ethics? He's like, I don't want to talk to him, but I want to hear Mr. History Professor. I actually professor. had a question for, for oh, Micah. Oh, please, yeah. <clears throat> um, talk about how natural law is so critical to people of with different morals uh, and virtue uh, values debating arguing with one another how important it is to a pluralistic society because natural law gives us a common basis for what is true what is false what is right what is wrong whereas relativism uh, my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. We have new, no truth between us. We have no way to um, bridge the gap between what what I perceive and what what you perceive. Am I? Does that make sense? That question. Absolutely. It it's almost as if the question now is not about what's right and wrong. It's are we allowed to have the conversation? Because if if two people believe that there really is such a thing as absolute right and wrong and that we can know it, then you can get them in a room and say, okay, go ahead and argue it out. Talk with each other to try to figure out what really is right and wrong. But that that whole conversation is usually short short circuited on college campuses because people think, oh, well, how would you how would you objectively know what's right and wrong? We can't prove it scientifically. So therefore, I guess we're left with only individualism. Um, each individual decides for themselves and no one can tell other people what's right or wrong for them. And that means that you have no basis to actually argue about what's right and wrong. And so the conversation uh, never actually happens. Um, I encounter that a lot in the sciences. Um, the root, I believe the root of a lot of these problems is what I call scientism. 
So here's scientism. Scientism is the belief that the only reliable route to objective knowledge is science. Mm. They think that because science is kind of the only thing we can get everybody to agree on uh, because, you know, the air conditioner works and the, the planes work. So we could at least agree on science. But if you hear it again, if someone says, you know, scientific testing is the only path to reliable knowledge, that, state, that statement is a philosophical statement. It's not proven by science. And so, th- so therefore, it's, it's self-undermining. Right. It contradicts itself. And so don't buy into it and people say things like, oh, I believe in science, which is supported by evidence, and you believe in other things that are just supported by faith. That's not the way it works. Even that statement alone, that philosophy alone is a philosophy. It's not science itself. But a commitment to, to scientism is what causes people to think we have no way to talk with each other about faith. We have no way to talk to each other about morality. And then they just don't even want to have the conversation. So one of my one of my big goals for this week is that people will kind of be jarred out of that way of thinking and realize like, oh, we really can talk about this. We really can talk about what we believe. So, you know, uh, certain faith propositions may genuinely be true and we can argue back and forth. Sadly, for a, a lot of college students, they think they assume that whatever the answer is, it can't be known. It can't be known objectively. So believe whatever works for you whatever's therapeutic for you Mm -hmm. and they never actually have the conversation. Unfortunate. Yeah. Just as a little aside, um, science scientia, that just means knowledge. And what was the queen of the sciences in the, in the middle, middle, the medieval university was philosophy. That's, that's the, um, the way that we can have those conversations about what's right and what's wrong in an objective way. Philosophy. Yeah, I, I also wanted to say that, uh, you know, this whole conversation, I remember hearing someone say, if Jesus was here with us right now, could they measure his divinity? It's the wrong tool. Yeah, yeah. science, can't, can't, science no, can't do it. Yeah. They, can't, they can't do it. And so faith is much more than what we can see and what we can measure. And I know that's hard for some people, you know, to take in. And it's easy with our society saying, no, this is what is real. We'll tell you what is real, where our faith is so beautiful as Christians and what we believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Robert Barron, he characterizes it as faith doesn't, isn't less than reason. It goes beyond what human reason can um can perceive, can, can understand. So it, it takes us beyond where uh, our reason ends. Not, it's not less than reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, one voice in, in this whole, in this whole discussion that's really rung out through the last few decades is, uh, is C.S. Lewis. I know everybody's, you know, read the, the Narnia books and, and possibly seen the less good movies that are not as good as the books. Always read the book first, right? <laughs> uh, but C.S. Lewis made a big, uh, a big impact, just like we're on the radio right now. Back during World War II, C.S. Lewis gave this series of radio uh, addresses to all the men who were at war. And the main thing he talked about was this same topic that's coming up uh, uh, next Thursday, which is uh, what do we really know about right and wrong? And what he argued is that ultimately people really do in their hearts believe that there is such a thing as absolute right and wrong. And then you start saying, well, where did that come from? If there's such an, a thing as an absolute law, then there is such a thing as an absolute law giver. And if, effectively in a, in a kind of a more modern way, he mimicked the old moral argument for the existence of God that started with Thomas Aquinas 800 years ago. Mm. It's always kind of gratifying when you, you, you look into these things and you start having th- these thoughts and you connect uh, that conclusion of, of your faith with uh, a philosophical argument. And then you realize like, oh, Thomas Aquinas figured this out 800 years ago. So I'm in good company. 
So yeah, that, that is that, true. That's effectively what we'll look at on Thursday. So Dr. Bujashevsky is a Thomist in that sense. Um, so you can almost think of him as taking these great philosophers and great theologians of the past and bringing it to speak to the problems of 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to kind of to reel it back in a little bit about um, this coming up week, um, but most specifically how students who may be listening right now, if they want to get in touch with um with you or, or, or more like you, Dr. Green, and how they're going to be able to do that? Sure. We have a website, cfn.tamu.edu, or, or it's, it's even easier to just look up the Christian Faculty Network uh, at Texas A&M on Facebook. Either of, those will, either of those will get there. There's also a link on the, uh, the website of the parent Veritas uh, organization at veritas.org. Excellent. So I want to go ahead and talk about some of the events of the week. Other than that, that's the that's the granddaddy of them, so to speak. That's the uh, keynote speaker. Um, but on Sunday is going to be Christian night out at the Texas A&M versus Auburn, the women's basketball game. Whoop, whoop. They're doing pretty well, too, from what I understand, they right? Are. They are. Yeah. So that is discounted tickets there at... I believe your website, Dr. Green, that you just mentioned. Uh, the website will actually be uh, at the 12th Man uh, Foundation. Okay. They can call the 12th Man Ticket Office and they can order order tickets through our email and on websites. If they click on the link, then they can also order through there with the promotion code CHRIST. Oh, awesome. Promotion code CHRIST. I love that. Yes. So if you have any questions Christ. about what we're talking about right now, Please go ahead and give us a call at 855-LOVE-RED-C, 855-683-7332. So that's on Sunday. So this is kind of the kickoff of your events. Yes. And, and I'd like to talk, all our events are open, you know, to all faculty, staff, students. And if there's anyone out there in the community that would like to attend, obviously they can, they can attend too. We did, as we were looking and planning, this has been going on for at least nine months for this one week, uh, and even before that with the Veritas being selected, you know, we know that the family is extremely important. We know that. We know when the family is together, prays together, uh, they stay together, uh, you know, where the family goes, so goes society. And uh, that is so true. So we, we were starting off with a family event. And Friends, family, you know, if you're single and don't have immediate family here, you surely have a family at the university or you have your family at your community or your church or somewhere. Absolutely. So we encourage people to come out the university or the 12th man, uh, 12th man ticket office was very, very instrumental in putting this together and getting us discount tickets on February the 4th from three. It starts at three o'clock, which is also Super Bowl Sunday. <gasps> So you can go to that and then go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the game will be done before the Super Bowl starts. Yes, it will definitely be over. Yeah, and if you're if you're in town and you want some really great chili, the Knights of Columbus always have chili over at St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes, that's good. I usually buy a few quarts and freeze it up for those. Oh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh yeah, I've got chili. Well, so that is on Sunday, and then Tuesday I see one of our. Um, our local favorites, Mr. Marcella June, president and founder of the Catholic Missionary Disciples, will be speaking on having a conversation on difficult topics in the workplace. Yes, yes. Yeah. So as you all were talking about before, Mike, talking about how are we uh, going out and discussing these difficult topics mm-hmm. if we just don't talk about them? We, we go into our own corners and we have our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so to listen to people 
what are where are they coming from? Where am I coming from? And how am I determining what is right and wrong? Right. What's the foundation I'm using? So Marcel he was working here at St. Mary's for a long time and started up his own nonprofit. He's been wonderful in working with us uh, on this project. He's he's a author, speaker, and he, he's he does an all so around much. just he knows goes, a lot. He's everywhere. Yeah. He is I everywhere. Mean, I would say too, just on just briefly, um, from personal experience on having conversations with difficult difficult topics in the workplace, again, like I was saying earlier, is that people need to know that you love them and you love their human dignity. And I can I can now tell people um, that I work with, well, you know, according to my faith beliefs, and this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. And and usually it's done in such a way they kind of go, oh, okay, you know, and it maybe it's just food for thought. I'm not like saying this is an absolute truth. Well, though it probably is, but you know, I don't present it that way, right? E- even though it is in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, about good versus evil. That's a, that's a real big thing out there right now where people don't really believe in evil or sin and things like that. And that's a tough topic to, to really broach, I find. Very tough. And But we've got to talk about it. We've yeah. got to talk to each other. As we uh, are in these work relationships, friend relationships, we get to know what's in someone's heart. So as you were saying, as mm-hmm. you're talking to people, and if they know, uh, sure, we may disagree but that doesn't mean we hate each other. Oh, not at all. And the way that our our media in general, in my opinion, it is pitting each other against each other, excuse me. So we really have to move past that. And it's in relationships. It's not by texting or posting or we get our point out there maybe, but you can't really talk. Mm-hmm. It's about and, relationship. And really go. So that relationship is mm-hmm. extremely important. Absolutely. I mean, even some of my favorite, you know, non-Christian people that I love so dearly, we can sit down and talk about these things with lots of love, um, which is really, it's a great thing just to be able to do that alone. And I encourage people to do that, to, you know, share your heart. You know, that's, that's the, you know, the, the crux of it. You know, if, if Christ has really changed your heart, share your heart because you're sharing him in that same vein. Okay, so then on Wednesday, we've got Mass. Um, we always have Mass there at that time, though, don't we? So on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the school year when the students are there, there is uh, Mass every day on those two days. And so we, at the beginning of the semester, we kick off with the Catholic Faculty and Staff Network with the Mass just to be thankful for what we have and our jobs and working at the university. Uh, and, and I could tell you this about the university us being able to speak on faith in the workplace and what we do, they know that this is great. I mean, that that it's our right to do this. Not all all universities would probably have the same support that mm, we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're on campus. We're, we have these events. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about different type of, you know, Christian events in, in all faiths, not just Christianity. And when we talk about faith in the workplace here— uh, yes, we represent Christians with our two organizations, but it's any any faith. You can speak on any faith. One point I should make is that uh, President Michael Young, the president of Texas A&M, uh, back in the 1980s, he was a clerk for uh, uh, Justice Rehnquist on the Supreme Court. And one of the things that came out of that is, is I think President Young has repeatedly 
affirmed a very high view of free speech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's also said that um, if, if there's any place in the country where you should have free sh- exchange of ideas about big, important topics, it should be a college campus. That's the time when you should encounter beliefs that are different than maybe what you grew up with and think through, why do I really believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, the college campus is not a place where we should try to shield each other from ideas we've never heard before, but, but a place where you can actually talk through those things at such a formative time in the students' lives. I really appreciate that, that about, about President Young. That is so good I to agree. know. Yeah, I agree. Because with me being a political science, I got my degree from Texas A&M and really loved being able to, to just engage. And, you know, I was like trying to exercise all this gray matter as I'm growing older and um, growing up in those formative years. And it was it's really great to be able to just engage with those those kind of conversations that really need to happen at, on that level. And, and so I'm just I'm so thankful that, um, that Texas A&M has that kind of avenue where people can really express those kinds of things through faith in the workplace and organizations like y'all. That's we have awesome. so many student organizations of faith yeah. that are out there at Texas A&M, which I think, again, with our university showing that it, it is important to express our faith and not be afraid to say it. I mean, I've been here since 2002, as I said before, there's, there's kind of in just what I've seen, people don't really talk about faith too much unless you know, you know, you're of the same faith and then you may talk about it, but what is it that we can say? And that, that goes to our next, next event we have on there, Mm -hmm. which is on the 7th, uh, uh, 7th of February. And that's general counsel is going to be speaking to us on how can we share or what can we do to share our faith in the workplace? And he's given this talk to our organization before about a year ago they had it in in the library for the library staff, and this is uh, this opportunity for us to to talk to general counsel, so they can educate us on what we can do. So I think people say, "Oh, you can't do nothing. You work for a state organization. You yeah, can't say yeah. anything." That is not true. It's not true. Not true at all. Well, can you give us an okay. example of something you can say? Sure, sure. Well, as a professor like Micah, I'm a staff member. In our interactions, if we're teaching or we're talking to people, we can quote the Bible. We can mm. quote Jesus Christ. We can we can quote anybody we want. And so we don't take over the conversation if we're in a class or and we're just talking, to, you know, and preaching or, or whatever it is. It's is it relative to what we're talking about? So in business class, if we talk about vision, well, we can we can talk about what the Bible says about vision in Proverbs and talk about, you know, where there is no vision, the people will perish. So what does that mean? What does that statement mean? Right. The only thing I try to keep a, keep a lid on is if, if, I, if there's a power imbalance or I'm a professor and they're a student, I try to, to get into it if, if it's kind of invited. When students ask me, like, well, why did you, why did you become a scientist? Why do you love engineering? Um, mm. I don't get, just give a generic answer like, well, I don't know. You know, math is fun mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I, I'll actually give a much broader answer and say, I think science is amazing. And I think science drives us to, to glorify God. When you look at all the early scientists, someone like Kepler and say, why are, why are you discovering the things that you are? He would say things like, oh, well, well, um, God made the universe. He made it work in this mathematical orderly way. And he made our minds to understand the universe. And God wants us to understand it. He wants us to understand the way he put together the universe and to glorify him as a result. And 
I mean, that, that is the reason that I chose to study science. Um, it makes it much more uh, uh, full of wonder, full of awe, full of joy on a daily basis. Um, and so, so if someone asks, then I think we can give the response back. Well, one thing that, that I think Roger was getting at is sometimes people presume when it comes to faith in the workplace that uh, because of the First Amendment, um, religion is a purely private affair. And whatever you believe religiously has to, has to stay under wraps. And uh, I, I think that is a, that's really problematic because it, it would amount to state-sponsored uh, atheism, basically saying zero religion. That's the, that's the official religion of the state. Instead, I think what we want is an open forum where whatever religion you come from, you should feel f- the freedom to say, this is where I come from. This is what I believe. And this is why I believe and recognize that people really may, may be persuaded and say, oh, that's really interesting. Um, we shouldn't just assume that, that religion is a purely private thing that no one can, can ever change. So, If I can just hop in, you hear the phrase a lot, separation of church and state. But the First Amendment has two clauses. It has the Establishment Clause and it has the Free Exercise Clause. That the state cannot establish a religion for all citizens or establish a state church and that citizens are allowed the free exercise of their religion. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you jumped in with that. Yeah, a couple of other examples. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak to nonprofit organizations and, you know, they're doing great things out there and serving, serving the Lord, uh, helping people that are poor or in need. And I talked about Corporal Works of Mercy. So when I talk to students, what is, what is one of the big things that they talk to me about? They have all these fears, right? Am I going to make it if they're a freshman or how am I going to pay for my college or uh, am I going to make friends? There's so many fears that the students have. We all have them. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some type of fear. And so be not afraid, Mm -hmm. right? Pope Mm -hmm. John Paul, the second said, be not afraid. And, and, and I weave that into uh, my talk when I'm speaking with students and say, here's what the Bible says, be not afraid. And, and it, it, it can bring conversation up. Of course, I talk about a bunch of other things. I, I get just don't quote the Bible. But if, if I'm in front of students, I almost always try to tie something that they want from me as far as education, leadership or whatever. And I try to tie at least one Bible verse into it. That's beautiful. So it, it, we again, we can do these things. We can do them. We're afraid to do them because, yes, we don't want to offend anybody. But if we can think and we can speak and we got two people, we're going to disagree. And Mm -hmm. there's it's I look at it as a marriage. If there's no conversation going on, things could go bad. Right. Right. And, and, And then we feel like we're pitted against each other, but we don't talk to each other. One big reason on, on a college campus I would encourage people to, to talk about their faith more frequently is just to break down stereotypes. Sure. There, there is a stereotype in the media at large of, of Christians as less educated or less sophisticated, et cetera. And so if someone in, uh, in a college atmosphere can talk about their faith, it's not just what they say. It's the fact that they're saying it all. It, all, it gives permission effectively to that freshman struggling in their faith to say, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not so crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not so unintellectual, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, I have a really great little. I was I was somewhere on vacation this last summer, and and a young woman told me, "Have a blessed day," and I thought that was so beautiful. Um, and it was also 
just opening the door for me to know she was a person of faith, right? Yes. And so I uh, I use that now as a little gateway. And you would be surprised if just to say something like that, which is very non-offensive, it's really just a beautiful blessing for someone. Have a blessed day. And people of faith or on the edge will know that you're a believer instantly and be able to engage you. I've had people like just drop their any type of facade they may have had. Oh, you're a believer. I have some questions and so forth. And, sure. and like this, just because I said, have a blessed day. Yes. And we, we had between the two of us had a uh, our organization say Merry Christmas. And on December 22nd, I had a chance to be on KBTX and talking about being able to share our faith and some of these other things, what we can do, we can do a lot to share our faith. We can have a Christmas tree. We can, you know, have religious items in our, our office. So there's so many things, but I, I also would like to say that we'll be on KBTX here. Uh, don't know the exact date, but we're getting interviewed tomorrow. And uh, we also have student groups that are on Red Sea radio uh, link. And so mm-hmm. we got four student organizations that'll be speaking and all of our events will be, uh, I know on the KBTX, uh, they, they've got a site and can click on so it wonderful. where it all is and everything. But I'd highly encourage other university students or, or university faculty and staff, if you're interested in this faith in the workplace, place, give us a call. We'd love uh, to help tell you what we've done and how we started it here on campus, at least for this week. Veritas has been going on, wonderful program. Uh, so what can we do to help you? Give us a call, and my email address is CFSN, stands for Catholic Faculty and Staff Network, at tamu.edu. And then I could I could send that over to Micah or to whoever it needs to go to. But again, encourage other universities. If you want to talk to us, we're here. Well, I want to just take a second to just behalf on the Christian community here in the Bryan College Station and beyond and throughout the Brazos Valley and the Waco and Palestine areas, I say a very hearty thank you to you, Dr. Green, for your um, beautiful passion and love for obvious love for your faith and for the, the people around you. And I just pray for your ministry just to grow in abundance. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for you, my dear friend. Yes. Roger, I say thank you wholeheartedly for what you're doing. Um, I know my listeners are probably listening to both of them and going, wow, what cool guest she has. So I pray the next year you'll come back on um, when the speaker is probably bigger and better even then. But come on out, especially Thursday for the Veritas events, Truth. And let's listen to, to this wise man who's really studied it for a while. Yeah. Can you gentlemen just quickly take us through the main event on um the 8th. Right. So Thursday, February 8th, 7 p.m., Rudder Theater, right next to the MSC. Uh, Dr. Jay Budashevsky from the University of Texas at Austin will be talking uh, about what uh, what do we really know about right and wrong. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have a lot of people. But what, what I would urge uh, Christian listeners to do is to come and bring someone who who is not in the faith, that person you've always wanted to have a, a really deep conversation with, but you you just couldn't get it started. This is the opportunity to do that. Excellent. Dr. Roger Martinez, Dr. Micah Green, I thank you very much for sharing your hearts with us today. And I pray for a very successful week next week. And okay, so thanks for joining me. And I want to use thanks for stopping by. And I hope everybody will tune in with me on the third Wednesday when hopefully I'll be visiting with Sister Rafaela. Until then, go and love your neighbor. (laughs) 